0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.
1: Well, plenty of Edmonton connections for the 2020 class for the Hockey Hall of Fame. Kevin Lowe, Oilers franchise leader in games played. He won 5 Stanley Cups with the Oilers, another one with the New York Rangers. He will be inducted in November. St. Albert native Jerome Aginla, who of course rose to stardom with the Calgary Flames, played for a few other clubs late in his career. He will go into the Hall of Fame as well, as will our first guest tonight. He's currently the Oilers GM and President of Hockey Operations. He's going in in the Builders category, and we welcome to Inside Sports, Ken Holland. Ken, you're on with Reed. Good to talk to you tonight. How are you doing?
2: Well, it's been an amazing day for my, my, myself and my family, Reed uh, to get the call today, earlier this afternoon, from Lanny McDonald that uh, I was being uh, inducted into the hall in the builder's category. was, uh, like I said, an amazing day. And, and, and a, you know, for the last few lots of interviews, lots of texts, but also an opportunity for me to reflect on all the people that have uh, really helped make this day happen for
1: myself. I'm just wondering if you had any inkling that that this might happen. I mean, certainly Jerome McGinley. There was some build-up there, and and uh, you know Doug Wilson and there's some other players who were eligible and didn't get in this year, and their names were being talked about. Did you have any inkling that this you could get this call today? Uh,
2: no, not really. Um, no, you know, I think um, I knew that. You know, I I, I, I knew that. Uh, I wasn't sure of exactly what day and 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 and, and, and they were going to announce the the Hall of Fame class, but I knew it was this week sometime. I'd been, you know, obviously lots of talk about, lots of speculation on Jerome McGinley. So, but I had not really, I had not really thought about it. Um, and uh, I was sitting here and the phone rang and it was a 403 number and I usually don't pick up when I not when the number doesn't the name. I, I usually have somebody leave a message and I thought, well, I, I did pick up and. When I when I uh, Lanny was calling, I knew I, at that point in time I knew um, I knew uh, what the call about was about, and certainly it was an amazing moment for me.
1: See, you've become a true Edmontonian, Ken. We can't trust those four hundred three area codes from southern Alberta. Might be a Flames angle, right?
2: <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Seven eight zero, I would answer, but four hundred three, I was a little hesitant.
1: <laughs> well, it turned out to be a pretty positive call. Who are the first? Who was the first person or group of people you you told after you talked to Lanny?
2: Well, I, uh, you know, my wife. Obviously, I talked to my wife, and then I we we I quickly called our four kids. They they. Uh, they called me about uh, one. I'm, I'm in British Columbia. They called me about one o'clock local, and within a, a half an hour later, it was announced. So I had time to talk to my wife, and uh, and then I called our four four children. We've got uh, uh, one in Toronto, one in Chicago, one in Montreal, and one in Calgary. So I called each one of our, my four my four children. Shortly thereafter, it was uh, it was uh, it was it was announced and. Uh, certainly have had a, a lot of wonderful texts from uh, a lot of people that have uh, that are that have been important uh, in my life um, professionally and personally so it's been a, been a been a magical day for
1: me you're going in in the builders category four Stanley cups with the wings one as an assistant GM three as a general manager when you when you look back on it, and obviously you're you're trying to do this now here in Edmonton, but if you can look back on that extended period of success in Detroit, you didn't win it every year, but you were a contender every year. How did you stay, you know, at or near the top of contending teams for so long?
2: Well, I think, you know, I. We drafted good, first off, and I, you know, Jim Neal ran the draft. I, 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 think that you know we had when we had the core, and I think about the job that Jimmy Neal and our scouts did in finding, um, you know, the late round Hederbergs and the Datsukes in the late rounds, and after we sort of as as some of our uh, great players' uh, father time, um, you know, affected their ability to, to play at the top of their game all of a sudden we had some of these these these, these the, 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 the another generation of players come through so certainly um i reflect back on the job of the scout the scouting staff jim neil joe mcdonnell uh, and anderson our chief european scout um and then i think about the uh, you know I, when i was you know i got to become the general manager I was assistant manager you know, Scotty Bowman, Steve Eiserman, Nick Lidstrom. We really—they built a culture there, and the culture was about the team. It was about winning. Um, and you know, I've got lots of stories about, you know, when we tried when we signed Brett Hull. I had four players: Shelly Oates, Shanahan, Eiserman. Um, uh, and, and Lidstrom, they all deferred five hundred thousand dollars of their salary from one year to the next year. You can't do that now because the rules have changed. But they deferred money out, and so that we, we could uh, add a Brett Hull. So you know, when you win, it's about you know. Obviously, you got to have a core. You got to have a nucleus. You need a culture. The culture is the people, and and it's about the team success. And uh, we it took a lo- it took quite a while to to get it going. Um, and then once we got it going, uh, we were able to keep it going for, for quite a while.
1: Ken, uh, you know, I know we we spoke uh, briefly before before a game this season. Uh, you know, shortly after you lost your mother, unfortunately, and uh, you know, I wished you condolences uh, at that time. And I know she played a pretty big role because you could have been going into the Hall of Fame in the in the vacuum industry, perhaps, if mm-hmm. not for your mother.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, I'm, I'm probably uh, I'll probably have to I'll tell that story uh, one more time uh, on induction night. You know, I played nine years of pro, and and uh, I was 1985. I was 29 years of age, um, and uh, my, we had three kids under the age of four, four and a half, I think, and I kind of was having a hard time finding a a, a, a job in hockey. Not many 29 year old. Five foot eight minor league goalies were a hot commodity at that stage of the game, and uh, wasn't sure where I was going. And uh, my mom had suggested um, the taking a job. She was looking in the uh, in the uh, Vernon News they were jobs and Electrolux vacuum cleaners were looking for a salesman and she suggested that maybe i uh, should look into that i had she thought i had the gift of gab and it was a great product and two three days later i got a call from jim devilano and neil smith they were looking for a scout in western canada for the red wings and uh they 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 hired me and uh, fortunately i i got to work with uh, you know neil smith jim Devolano, and then just a little bit after that scotty bowman I got to work with a lot of really good hockey people that were really uh, role models and mentors for me in, uh, in learning the, uh, the business side of professional hockey.
1: Yeah, Ken Holland joining us tonight on Inside Sports. He has been elected to the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame induction ceremony uh, scheduled for November. As Lanny McDonald pointed out, it is uh, tentative as we work through uh, through the pandemic. And Ken, I'll I'll kind of wrap up there. And thanks for doing this. I know you've you've been on the phone for the last few hours. Um, I, I do. I should throw you a question here just about the current situation. Training camps. We're looking at uh, July 10th. We might find out some hub cities soon. Uh, how, how are you feeling about how the NHL has handled this uh, return to play? And are, are you pretty comfortable about where your Oilers team uh, could be positioned when we get back to it?
2: Well, you know, obviously it's a real difficult time for, uh, for everybody in the world. And uh, we know when you come specifically to our industry, um, I think it, it there's obviously been a lot of communication between the National Hockey League and the NHLPA. Um, and, you know, trying to find a protocol. to The you know the number one thing is the health and the safety of our players. Um, and uh, I know that they've worked uh, long and hard, uh, had lots of talks to, to put together what they've put, what what they've put together. Um, certainly, I'm looking forward to uh, early July when um, you know most of our players will be in, in town, and hopefully, uh, hope, hopefully we our sports uh all all our teams we can we can keep um the covid um we we can we can have a safe environment and we can we can play games and get back on the ice and do what we do entertain uh hockey fans around the world um as far as the orders go i'm uh i, I we're excited i think uh, you know in middle of march we were excited we you know we, when we you know, when, I, when we talked on May the 6th at the press conference, when I took the job, I, you know, our hope was at that point, my hope was, and as I, we started to talk, the, the hope of our organization was to get into March and be, be able to control our fate and, and play our way into the playoffs and be involved in big games. And our players did a tremendous job uh, over the first uh, 65, 70 games, 71 games we played, of putting ourselves in that position, and then it uh, obviously the pandemic hit. So if we can get back here playing, we look forward to the challenge of uh, playing the Chicago Blackhawks in a play-in series. And uh, I think with everything that's going on, it's wide open. Um, you know, there's 24 teams. If you can get hot, you can go on a run. Um, you know, the, the Stanley Cup champ's going to be a deserving champ, especially if you're in a play-in series. you gotta be, you got to win five series now. you got to beat five teams instead of four. So uh, you're going to need a lot of depth. And, uh, you know, I, I, but certainly I think we've got a very, very motivated group of players that are excited about the opportunity.
1: Ken, we have Glenn Anderson coming up in a few minutes. He texted me to wish you congratulations, so a lot of people uh, happy for you, and congratulations from me and everybody at 630 Chad, Thanks for doing this tonight. I know it's been a busy day, and, and I don't know when, but hopefully see you around uh, the rink at some time down the road. Thank you so much. Thank you. That is Ken and checking in tonight on Inside Sports, GM of the Edmonton Oilers, and yes, in the Builders category, he is going into the Hockey Hall of Fame. We'll connect with Glenn Anderson when we get back. have Ken Holland on the show. He goes into the Hockey Hall of Fame in the Builders category for his work as a manager with the Detroit Red Wings. Kevin Lowe, named to the Hockey Hall of Fame as well. Over a 1,000 games with the Edmonton Oilers. He's the franchise leader in games played and, of course, six Stanley Cups, five of them in Edmonton. And pleased to welcome to inside sports uh, another hockey hall of famer and a guy who won all those cups with the oilers too it is glenn anderson on tonight glenn you're on with reed thanks for fitting me in how are you doing
0: uh great reed and thank you for uh, having me on Uh, way to get a hold of me now (laughs) i did the phone promptly because it was you (laughs)
1: Oh, <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, it's good to it's good to talk to you. And uh, we wanted to spend a few minutes with you because uh, Kevin Lowe gets into the Hockey Hall of Fame. He'd been eligible since two thousand and one, so uh, he had to wait. But he gets the call today. He said on a conference call, he never really thought about it. He just he just wanted to win. So you're probably not surprised to hear Kevin react that way. <laughs>
0: uh, well. First of all, congratulations to uh, to both of uh, Mr. Holland and to Mr. Lowe. They um, totally deserve it. Well, well deserved and kind of overdue. Uh, Kenny uh, goes back to the days when um, Jimmy Neal sat beside him practically every night in Detroit, and uh, he was my old winger with the Canadian national team when Father Bauer was the general manager, and we had the likes of uh, Lauren Davis. Uh Tommy Watt and uh Claire Drake, so um the, it goes back to nineteen seventy nine back in the good old days uh and Kenny just well deserved and as far as Kevin is, Kevin is just a warrior. A brother that um, you know would do anything for you, and an awesome, loyal, trustworthy teammate that uh, is second to none. And um, there's more to Kevin than just uh, you know his cups and uh, his stats. There's he just meant so much more in that dressing room, and uh, and so well deserved of this honor.
1: When, as a player, did you really see it in Kevin and realize, okay? I, I can I know I can rely on this guy and, and this is why. Is there maybe something that happened early in, in your careers where y- you really started to understand who he was?
0: Well, um, he was so great under pressure. Um, you know, when things started to unravel at times these, like he was the, when the ship was taken on water, he knew how to uh, empty out the, the, the water of the ship and get it going in the right direction on a regular basis, game in and game out. And But there's a couple sides to uh, Mr. Kevin Lowe. I mean, there's a reason why his nickname is Vicious.
1: <laughs> well, you must expand on that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I, you don't want to get in his way, especially when it comes off the ice with a full stick. And by the time he makes it into the dress room, it looks like a toothpick.
1: <laughs> well, and, and that's a good point. I mean, he, he set the tone and you guys knew that. And he, he said that in his conference call today, too, that he realized in junior he was able to score goals and put up points. And, and in the NHL, he knew he'd have to find... Uh, a different dimension and that, uh, you know, he, he accepted that. And that's something sometimes players aren't able to accept. Right. But he, he realized how he was going to fit into your group.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, but he was more than just a, um, you know, a player that came to play every night. It was, there was more to his game and uh, more to um, deserving of this such an honor Um, getting inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And there's no higher honor in hockey, I don't think. And and he's so well-deserved of it because of what he contributed um, on and off the ice. I mean, it's incredible how much influence he had on um, bringing out the best of you in every situation, especially in crucial situations in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Glenn, this is always so great to catch up with you. Uh, I'll just throw you one more here before we go to our, our our news break. And have you ever thought what would I be doing as a player, uh, having my season shut down after Game seventy one, and then waiting for a possible summer return? I mean, do you have some uh, some empathy or some thoughts of what the current players are going through? Um,
0: that's tough because you know. You know, as a, a a young kid, you know you're they're pretty young.
1: Um,
0: you think you're invincible and nothing can you know get in your way. But you got to realize how serious this virus is. And um, I'm in a hotbed right now, of Florida, and it is just taking over. We're getting five new, five thousand new cases every day. And so, as far as what's going on, as far as getting ready for uh, a season, I mean, you still got to be cautious of what's going on in the world, but still be focused on your workouts and looking forward to getting go- there. We'll get going again but just a matter of when and how it's it's going to be a completely different world and a different approach and how we how we do sports and how we get in, involved with uh, the games and watching the games and um, working out to get to that spot is just like that's the number one goal but like, like let's get first first things first before we start dreaming about what could happen down the road
1: yeah is is it like uh, i don't know if tense is the right word in florida but is it sort of uneasy for a lot of people
0: well, I mean, our cases now—we had another 17-year-old just die. So um, the 25 to 35 bracket is year olds are the ones that are really getting hit bad right now. So um, I know that uh, I'm—it's mandatory for um, me when I go out. I make my own rules and uh, to wear a mask and gloves and make sure that you're protecting yourself. And basically, I'm, you know, I'm going to be shut down again because there's just too many um, uh, unknowns out there at that point. Because there's tens of thousands of people going around with the virus that you don't know that have it.
1: Yeah. Well, stay healthy, Glenn. We we always appreciate your perspective. Thanks for doing this. Uh, We'll definitely uh, bring you on again. Hopefully we'll be talking some playoff hockey in a few weeks and uh, we can get you to weigh in on that. Thank you so much for checking in tonight.
0: Congratulations, Kevin and Ken. Great job.
1: Right on. That is Glenn Anderson on Inside Sports tonight with some uh, reflections on Ken Holland and Kevin Lowe, both today elected to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Jack Michaels coming up after the news. Rondo and the Eskimos hoping to play in September. Another story to follow here throughout the summer on Inside Sports 630. Chad, the play-by-play voice of both the Oilers and the Eskimos. Uh, Awesome first half hour of the show. We had Ken Holland on the show shortly after learning. He's going to be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in November. And Glenn Anderson on as well with some reaction to his former teammate, Kevin Lowe getting into the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. Well, and Glenn also very ha- happy for Ken Holland to go in as well. Marion Hosa, Doug Wilson, Kim St. Pierre, and Jerome Aguinla, also part of the class of 2020. And after the 7 o'clock news, we're going to connect with uh, Martin Jelena, assistant coach for the Flames, uh, a teammate of Aginla during a couple of big years for the Flames. And know, of course, former Edmonton Oiler and teammate of Kevin Lowe as well. So we will have some pretty cool perspective from him. But first... Saucered back to the point for Clefball. Six and a half to go on the hockey game. Minute 15. Here's Neil. turns, fires, save,
3: rebound, score!
1: I believe Kellen Kennedy digging into the archives. Uh, Kellen, was that the second game of the season against the L.A. Kings? October
0: 5th, 2019.
1: There we go. Going all the way back, uh, some classic Jack Michaels play-by-play. And speaking of Hall of Fames, Jack, you are a charter uh, member of the uh, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins Hall of Fame. Well, that and the now-defunct Alaska Aces Hall of Fame, so I got that going for me. Were you actually inducted into the Alaska Aces Hall of Fame? I don't know if you've ever told me that. I wasn't. Six
3: months later, so you can figure out how well, that move panned
1: out for him. <laughs> well, you're still, I, you're, I, you can't. You're still a member of that Hall of Fame, just if it doesn't physically exist. They can't take you out of it just because the building doesn't exist.
3: I, I suppose that's technically true. Although, when you're a member of a Hall of Fame for an operation that no longer exists, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I'm going I'm to gonna leave that on your resume. I think that's fair. Was there? Did you have a ceremony? Did you get to give a speech? What happened?
3: I, uh, we, we did have a ceremony. I went up there actually in the middle of the, I want to say it was the 17-18 season, and uh, it was between home games for the Oilers. I went up there for 24 hours and uh, was able to squeeze it in during the actual season.
1: Well, given that it was that recent, we probably talked about it or you told me about it. Perhaps I just wasn't paying attention while you were speaking, Jack. We both know that's possible, unfortunately. Wouldn't be the first time, Reed. With some justification on your part, although your concentration does
3: tend to waver whenever the discussion does not revolve directly around Joe Elliott.
1: (laughs) <laughs> that's right lead singer of Def leopard one of my favorite topics jack great to have you on the show tonight uh man l- listen to the hall of fame announcement today and uh, we got certainly more of a, a local angle if we if we want to call it that uh, than expected first of all we'll start with ken holland who was on the show off the top today builders category and uh, an incredible run of sustained success with the detroit red wings
3: Absolutely, I mean an NHL, uh, you know, record at the time for most consecutive postseason appearances that was subsequently, you know, taken over by the St. Louis Blues. But I mean, look, Ken Holland did a lot in Detroit in a lot of, you know, various capacities even before he was general manager. I mean, uh, you know, he worked his way up as, you know, as a Western scout for the Wings in the mid 1980s, and uh, you know we've all heard about it, how his career got started whether it was going to be a scout for the wings or a vacuum salesman in his hometown. So uh, certainly for Oiler fans, I, I think they're glad he, he pursued uh, the former and not the latter because now he's come to Edmonton and without a lot of room to work with on the cap, he's added some valuable you know, pieces both from a depth perspective prior to the start of the season. And then, you know, as he said, uh, the team put themselves in a position to compete for a, you know a Stanley Cup, so he wanted to get them some help, and he brought in three valuable pieces at the deadline, uh, which may prove to be you know invaluable as we get this play-in series started sometime around July 30th. So uh, I think uh, certainly Ken Holland deserving based on what he did in Detroit, but I think we've got a glimpse of uh, you know what he can do in a short period of time as well with what he's done since taking over as GM of the
1: Edmonton Oilers. Kevin Lowe was first eligible for the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2001. He gets voted in in 2020. Uh, I mean, we're at the stage here where uh, a good section of, the, of fans, probably around a third or maybe even a little more, wouldn't have seen Lowe play on those Oilers uh, teams of the 80s. His stats weren't gaudy. Uh, Glenn Anderson, in the first half hour of the show, explained why his name was vicious and how you always knew you could uh, you could rely on Kevin. And, and let's not forget, I mean, Kevin, Kevin Lowe was on the Canada C- Cup team in 1984. So in other words, if NHL players would have gone to the Olympics in 1984, he would have been on the team. So, I mean, don't forget, you know, on the Oilers, there were some flashier players but still uh, pretty highly regarded I- in the league. And as, as I said, I mean, if you, if you make a Canadian national hockey team at any point in your career, you are still pretty darn valuable.
3: Well, not to mention seven National Hockey League All-Star teams. I mean, you know, people, uh, w- we, you know, will be skeptical. Oh, he made the '84 Canada Cup team because Sather was the coach. But I mean, Glenn Sayther didn't control who was necessarily on the All-Star teams. I mean, sure, he had some input, but seven times. I mean, I had a guy, you know, comment, "All oh, this is great news for Brent Seabrook." Well. Look, this is just one example, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Brent Seabrook, but he's got one all-star game appearance and three Stanley Cups. Kevin Lowe has seven and six Stanley Cups. I mean, you know, there are guys that are going to be overshadowed by greater teammates. I mean, we heard, you know, Chris Kuditz wouldn't have been on the Olympic team were it not for Sidney Crosby. Uh, but you look at the hall of fame and it's not purely a statistical measure. I mean, I, you know, I look back to Western Pennsylvania. I mean, Bill Mazarowski's in the hall of fame as a Pittsburgh Pirates second baseman. He had 260. I mean, I think that's his lifetime average, but he was the bedrock of a championship contender and, and two world champions over a decade and a half span. I mean, Kevin Lowe, I, I believe, is in the top 100 all-time for National Hockey League games played. You know, he won six cups. So somewhere between Bill Mazeroski and Charles Haley, I, I, I think, you know, Kevin Lowe is in there. I mean, he was a valuable contributor on great teams. Is it his fault? He happened to play with Wayne Gretzky, Yari Curry, Grant Fuhrer, Paul Coffey, uh, Glenn Anderson. I mean, come on. You know, I, it's it's not a coincidence you win the championship that many times. There is something to be said for, you know, being a central piece of the locker room. And I know when I've talked to to Paul and Wayne and, and some other people independently, Glenn Anderson, who you just had on you know, on the show is is a perfect example of that, Reed. They'll tell you how valuable Kevin was. You know, hockey, just like the rest of it, it's not just a a statistical type of game. This is why Alex McGilney is not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, look, he scored 76 goals. I think only three players have scored more than that. But, you know, Kevin Lowe had put some valuable teeth in an Edmonton lineup that I think needed it. Uh, was he, a, you know, necessarily a tough guy like a Dave Semenko or, you know, a Marty McSorley? No, but he there, – there's room for soul and grit on any star-studded team. And I think that's where Kevin Lowe was a perfect fit for the Edmonton Oilers. And as Paul said, someone had to play defense, and, and Kevin Lowe
1: did. Jack Michaels joining us tonight at Inside Sports. Jerome Aginla, (laughs) who, of course, uh, from St. Albert, the fourth black inductee into the Hall of Fame. I'm going to play a a clip from the conference call later where he uh, told the story about looking up to and meeting Grant Feuer while he was a a kid and he actually ran into Feuer at a baseball game. And Aginla on the other side of the Battle of Alberta, you know, the, the wrong side, as we refer to it in this part of the province... You know what though? It, it's interesting. Oilers fans wouldn't have liked Jerome McGinla because he could hurt you at any time. But I don't think they could hate Jerome McGinla the way they hate, say, Matthew Kachuk. I mean Aginla, one of those players you you hated to see him on the other team, but always, you know, in my mind anyway, highly respected by by fans and by his opponents.
3: Absolutely. And the one, you know, tough thing about Jerome McGinley, and I think you could say the same thing for Ryan Smith kind of on the other side is those two players careers, unfortunately, you know, started just after the battle of Alberta subside, you know, subsided for, as it turned out 20 some odd years. And, and now, you know, they're retired just as it looks like it might be returning in some you know, way, shape, or form. I, I think to some degree, you know, guys like Doug Waite, uh, Ryan Smith, Jerome McGinley, uh, they they missed out on being part of maybe, you know, some great postseason series, you know, never more typified by the fact that, you know, the Flames won an 04 and the Oilers won an 06. And that's, that's the one thing when I think of Jerome McGinley's Calgary career, I, I think what would have really you know, stapled him as a a guy that, you know, Edmontonians, even though he was one of their own love to hate is, you know, we we missed out on a a potential Jerome McGinley coming back to his hometown for a Battle of Alberta postseason series. But obviously, uh, you know, one of the classier guys in the league, a guy well thought of uh, around the NHL by, you know, by any media outlet you want to talk to and, and a guy who, you know, very similar to the Edmonton team in 2006. I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of Calgarians will tell you that uh, he submitted himself in, in their fabric uh, when he brought them within a game of the Stanley Cup championship in 2004.
1: Jack Michaels, Oilers, play-by-play voice, joining us tonight at Inside Sports. I, we, you know, we always talk about the weather. Uh, it is raining in Macaulay, where I am, near Commonwealth Stadium. Are you getting uh, any rain where you are, Jack?
3: Not that it's sure at Sherrod Park. In fact, I just uh, dropped my son off at baseball practice, so he's he's back on the diamond. I don't know what the game schedule is going to be looking at. Uh, we might we might get a look at Jerome Aguila's old neighborhood uh, in Saint Albert, and, and we might get a look at Parkland County. But it's it's going to be a limited schedule. But at least he's back on the ball field. You're not coaching this year. No, I, I think uh, much to the relief of all Sherrod Parker's, I will not be on the diamond of a coaching capacity this
1: season. How, how is everything? I mean, look, obviously, so many things were shut down or placed on pause. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, you know, clearly trying to be uh, careful and respectful. How is how has it been for you as a dad and for and for your son getting back into sports and sort of being around? other people uh and in groups i'm curious on your experience there
3: well i mean reed as you know we we were you know we really shut it down for a good solid eight nine weeks there and and tried to take the appropriate measures then as the golf you know the golf course opened up and you know my son got back on the golf course Uh, my daughter has gone back to work within the last week so you know, and they want to see their friends. So we're, you know, we're trying to be as respectful as we can of all the appropriate safety precautions, uh, while at the same time also trying to introduce uh, whatever the new normal is going to be here. Reed. So, you know, we find ourselves like a lot of Canadian families right now, trying to trying to strike the appropriate balance of, of caution and also, you know, contributing to life in the community. is as we once knew it. So it's, it's really a hard, you know, and I'm sure with you, uh, obviously so close to your parents, I mean, it, it is hard to find that right balance. And, uh, you know, we're just we're just trying to introduce these activities as they become available when they're, uh, you know, when they're approved by the province
1: i got to ask you one more, Jack, and thanks for coming on tonight. Mike Johnson's going to join me between 7.30 and 8. Uh, the Edmonton native who used to pitch for the Montreal Expos now runs I'll the 5-2 field.
3: We know each other. My my son takes uh, instruction from Mike, and I think Mike from a couple of fields away has probably heard some of my vocal uh, <laughs> exhortations, if you will,
1: of my baseball team. So
3: if you want you to get a
1: laugh from him or a smirk, you can always ask him. What do you think of this 60-game baseball season?
3: Uh, you know, I, I, I think of it much the way I did in, uh, you know, in 81. The, the first baseball season, I really can remember, uh, which was, a, you know, kind of a ridiculous compromise, creating, you know, two first-half champions. And as it turned out, uh, the two teams that finished with the best record in the National League, didn't even qualify for That's the postseason right. season that year, the Cincinnati Reds and the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a tricked-up version. It will be a sprint to the finish. Uh, I love the baseball playoffs. I, I like Major League Baseball, but uh, I do feel like this is the first of what I feel like are going to be several years of baseball returning. Uh, to the kind of problems it had between the early 70s and the early 90s, where they just can't get out of their own way when it comes to labor renegotiation.
1: Jack, thanks so much for checking in tonight. Uh, of course, my show's back to two hours, which means more time to have you on more often. Looking forward did to it, buddy.
3: Just, did you just fade out on me, Reed? Like, I'm like, here. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, there was a long pause between the end of my answer and when you started talking. Did you did you nod off again? Is that narcolepsy uh, kicking in?
1: Yeah, it only seems to kick in when you're on the other end of the line.
3: Yeah, I know. I feel like it's no longer a coincidence. You know, a few times becomes a trend, Reid. I'll try not to be too insulted. Jack, take care, buddy. All right, say hello to Mr. Wilkins for me.
1: Oh, there we go. That's for my dad who's probably listening. He always enjoys hearing Jack. You can chime in as well, 780-496-0063 to call or text. We do have uh, Marty Jelena coming up between seven and seven thirty. It's inside sports on six thirty (laughs) chet. Zach Cassian, who became a father last spring. Oilers defenseman Matt Benning became a father two days ago. Miles Matthew Benning welcomed into the world by Matt and his wife, Janelle. Hockey Hall of Fame class for 2020, the Edmonton Connections, Ken Holland. And uh, Kevin Lowe, James, says best part of Lowe's induction is his banner can be raised at Roger's place where it rightfully belongs. And the secret professor texting in from Arkham tonight, he says, Reed, really happy to see Oilers past and present getting into the Hockey Hall of Fame. A welcome respite from these slow news days out there. Kenny for Oilers president for life. That is from the secret professor. And, of course, Jerome Aguinla, part of the class of 2020. He will be the fourth black member of the hockey hall of fame
4: yeah it's an amazing amazing honor and to be the fourth uh black hockey player uh to go into the nhl um i mean to into the hall of fame is uh is a huge thrill and, and growing up um you know i just played hockey just you know loved playing it i didn't um you know be myself uh you know minor hockey uh as a uh you know black hockey player but I was also aware that I was, and so that makes sense, I'll try to explain it. Is that, you know, one of the things I had growing up, I, I had a lot of positive, wonderful, wonderful experiences, but a question I got asked a lot was, you know, what are the chances of making it to the NHL? And, and, you know, there aren't many black players in the NHL, and it was always very important to me. I had the, you know, I had, say, you know, favorites as a kid, like, you know, I wanted to be like Mark Misty, and I loved Wayne Gretzky, and, you know, and, the same as other kids. But it also really was special to me to see the black players that were in the NHL, um, to see Grant Fierre starring, uh, to be able to say to other people, well, look at Grant Fear, he's an all-star. And to see Claude Bill and, and Tony McKagan, and to have answers for other kids. So it was very, very important for me following my dream. Um, so it, it's a huge honor, and I was very, very fortunate. My mom was just reminding me today of uh, a picture that I took with Grant Fear when we were, I think I was 10. And, um, you know, yeah. he, he was... Probably in his early twenties, or uh, playing, you know, baseball. I um, went. My grandpa took me to watch him play baseball. He, he was a great baseball player. Uh, Grant here was, and I uh, was a fan of the game. So we got a picture, and he's in his baseball uniform, and it's pretty neat to think that, uh, um, you, know, we, you know, he, you know, he obviously got to the hall of fame, and, and I got in there with him, and that's a, a picture that was, uh, it was pretty special. But so. It is an honor in, in so many ways, but also I think that if there's other kids that I want, you know, other minorities, other black kids growing up and seeing that it's possible, and, and um, I know it was special to me, so um, maybe that uh, uh, will be special to some other kids in, in the way that it was to me. So, yes, a huge honor, and uh, uh, I know Willow Reece, uh being in the Hall of Fame, um, I think is so well-deserving, and, and I didn't have to experience near anything near what he had to do and. and I'm um, very thankful for his courage and blazing a path uh, for uh,
1: for us to follow. All right, that is Jerome Ginla. Interesting thoughts there. Very well thought out about being the uh, fourth black inductee into the Hockey Hall of Fame. One of Ginla's former teammates, Marty Jelena, coming up after the 7 o'clock news tonight. And we'll also check in with former big league pitcher Mike Johnson. All ahead on Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thanks for tuning in tonight.